research has shown that food holds cultural and emotional significance for older adults, contributing to their overall well-being in old age. Meals are not solely about fulfilling physical hunger. They encompass social, emotional, and cultural dimensions that play a crucial role in promoting the holistic well-being of older adults. Aging services professionals play a vital role in ensuring seniors' well-being during their aging journey. Proactive efforts to promote healthy and enjoyable meal experiences can lead to happier and healthier outcomes for older adults. Hello, and welcome to the Comfort Connections podcast. In this episode, Beyond the Plate, Nourishing Mind, Body, and Spirit in Aging, we are joined by Steve Toll, chef and consultant for Comfort Care Franchise Systems. He will share insights, resources, and best practice considerations for aging services professionals. Steve, thank you for joining our listeners today. Great to be here. I really uh, appreciate the opportunity to speak with you today. Steve, can you please share with our listeners your background, interest, and how you started the journey of educating professionals and family caregivers about the importance of healthy meals and nutrition? Well, you know, it really has been a quite a circuitous path for me to get to this point. And, you know, a lot of it really stems from the fact that really growing up, my two loves were music and cooking. Now, I grew up in a family where there was a lot of cooking going on. Uh, you know, it was sort of like an old world Jewish family in Philadelphia. And my grandmother was always there at the house cooking. And so cooking for me became something that just was a way to relate, a way to feel connected to my grandmother. My aunt would come over and they would cook. So I just remember that great family togetherness and the unity that was created and seeing that cooking was this wonderful vehicle for relating, for engaging, for enjoying one's company, to spend time with others in a shared kind of uh, feeling because and it was all centered around maybe a particular food, you know? And so it intrigued me that something like that could be such a springboard for connection. And after all, so, you know, as I, and, and then as I started to do more things and grow, and I started to do music, music was always a big part. My mother was a piano teacher. There was music in my, in my house. So then I also saw that, you know, after a family dinner like that, what I'm talking about, my mother would go to the piano and sit down and everybody would sing songs together. So I was seeing that connection between those two great things that pull people together that we all share in common and have those sort of common bonds. And that is where the connection and the love comes in. And that is so important. And so as I became more interested in people aging and of course, in my own journey of aging, I realized how are the ways that we can keep connected. And I always loved food and music. And so music, I, you know, I developed programs for, for comfort care using music to pull people together. And it's been very effective in, in, in opening doors in terms of creating more business for our franchise owners. 
just from creating that connection and the goodwill. So that kind of these kinds of programs are just wonderful offerings. So um, you know, getting back to to sort of cooking and training, um, you know, training our caregivers is so critical. But you know, there's a few very important elements. And one, I identified this a long time ago, and it was actually through the music because I was thinking that, you know, what the songs that I grew up with that I know that I can remember are not the same songs that our caregivers and the people who work for us, they're not good enough. So we need to educate them to be able to allow them to, to step into the shoes of that person that they're caring for. And especially when we have someone who we're caring for, who may be living with dementia or some other kind of cognitive issue, who then maybe can't express it as well. We also need to rely on that family to understand who that person is and learn about those things so that as a caregiver, I become familiar with walking into the life of that person so that I can relate to them. Because especially in the case of cognitive impairments or dementia, they cannot tell us, they cannot relate to us, so we need to go to them. So, you know, that is sort of, a, in a way, uh, uh, you know, what does that have to do with cooking and learning how to cook? Well, it has everything to do with it because, first of all, we all have to eat. That's part of just living. But then there's the element of what makes it fun, what makes it engaging, what makes it social. And that is where this kind of cooking becomes very important. So when we talk about the care kitchen, we talk about cooking with kindness. Kindness comes through because in an approach of how you engage with someone, how you relate to someone, you know, very little of communication is done through through words. Very little communication. It's done through body language, which which is everything, which is our facial expression, you know, how we hold ourselves, the, the tone of our voice, the, you know, how we modulate our voice, the pace that we speak, all these kinds of things are, are important. So first of all, we have to establish that ability to relate to that person. Then if we understand some common uh, uh, you know, preferences, what do they really like? What are their favorite things? So that's why we have a process in place where we talk with all of our clients to understand who they are. It's called a social history assessment. That social history assessment goes through all of the background of that person. Where are they from? Now, something like, where are they from? That can indicate what foods they may like because, you know, favorite foods, regional, also ethnic background, indicates what foods they may like. And, you know, this is a very interesting thing, really. I was talking to someone the other day, and this is an, an, an Indian woman, and she cares for her mother in the home. And her mother is, you know, when it comes to cooking Indian food, if you're familiar at all with it, it's very long processes. Everything is from scratch. You have to, you know, you, you got to go through all these steps. So that being said, 
her mother cannot really do it anymore. So that's frustrating to her. But then the other part of it is, is that it's so much work and so time consuming that her daughter, because she's working, she doesn't have time to make the food in the traditional way. So what we did was we looked at the recipes. We modified it a little bit. We, we did some things to, with some convenience foods that are, you know, various things that are already made that could be combined with things made from scratch to modify a recipe so that her mother could still enjoy that food and also to, you know, any other type of dietary restrictions, you know, maybe it couldn't be as spicy or various things like that. But actually, at the end of the day, because of all that went into it and the communication and the, the care and love that went into trying to create something that, that was going to be palatable and enjoyable for her mother, then it, it, it worked. It was successful. And so, you know, what was that about? Really, was it about the cooking or was it about the understanding of that person to know how to modify things? engage what can we do and also because of some of these things and the mother was engaged she also wanted to help with some of the cooking and there were certain things she would do like they made the indian bread so they had some dough so what so what she did to save time she bought dough from the from the uh, from the market so it was a prepared piece of dough laid it out on the board with some flour and the mother could roll it out and make the uh, make the aloo paratha that's what they were making stuff bread stuff with potato which is delicious so you know i'm just saying so it, it, it then you know when i think about that too i think about all of the various backgrounds of the people that we work with and then all of our caregivers the backgrounds that they have so I've heard many, many uh, of our franchise owners tell me that in many cases, the caregivers are not familiar with what many of our clients have eaten because they're from other places. You know, so their standards that they grew up with, I mean, maybe as a kid walking along the street of Philadelphia, I was getting a hot dog, but maybe somebody walking along the street in the uh, you know, in some other country, wherever it may be, they're not, they're, they're having something else. So what is familiar to our clients may not be familiar to our caregivers. So that's one part of the education. We need to educate them as to what most of our clients will eat. <laughs> that being said, there's always modifications and always things based on what I said, ethnic background, place where they're so there's all these factors, but with open communication, getting the families engaged, we can learn. Now, you know, the other thing that, that we have available for our families to, uh, to use is a family portal where they can go in and they can put in information all about their loved one. So I think that this kind of information is really important to, to all the people who may be referring to comfort care because this is the core of what we were talking about. We're talking about true person-centered care. This is customization, personalization, not only 
of that client, but of the caregiver. We need to get that caregiver on the same page as that client so that we're all talking together. And that is part of open communication. And, you know, that's part of, a, uh, of another program that we have where we train our owners and managers and people to learn how to collaboratively communicate so that when issues arise, they come together as a team, come up with a solution, try it, see if it works, share it if it does, modify it if it doesn't, and then share it with the whole team so that there's no break in the transition of care. You know, one goes here. Thank you for sharing more about your journey, a client story, and highlighting the comfort care approach. It was so informative to break down the importance of preference, modification, and proper nutrition as essential elements of a healthier lifestyle. And of course, having a good support system is key to success. Can you share a few additional best practice considerations for aging services professionals when supporting an older adult in a care transition or when developing a plan of care? Well, you know, when it, when it comes to the, uh, the dietary aspect and, you know, setting up, figuring out what someone's going to eat, we talked about, the, the, of course, the importance of understanding what the person likes, which is, of course, important, and they need to eat what they like. But we also need to consider the nutritional uh, makeup of that diet. And we also need to consider any other things like allergies or sensitivities to certain foods or, you know, foods that they just absolutely do not like. Uh, we also need to consider things, especially if there are any kind of neurological disorders like Parkinson's, for instance. We need to consider issues like swallowing and the ability to chew, uh, and we need to maybe modify based on a doctor's, uh, whatever the doctor's orders. There's, you know, various things to put, even drinking water can be a problem, so there are thickeners and various things. So the understanding, of course, that's all coming from the doctor's orders, and we're, and we're doing, you know, we're supporting the, the, these plans of care for our clients. So you know, when we think of the food, that's one thing. Now, one of the other big considerations that I have seen over the years, and it's true, and I see it in myself as I age, your appetite decreases. You don't, you're not as hungry. And also what happens is, it, especially I've seen this with, with people living with dementia, you know, you've prepared this beautiful plate of food. You got this big piece of meat on there and it's all juicy and a pile of mashed potato, whatever it is, you know, big thing. You bring in your proud, you put it in front of, uh, you know, this person living with dementia who's sitting there and waiting for dinner and they look at it and they're like grossed out. It's like, oh my God, you expect me to eat all this? What ill? I, you know, I can't eat all this. And so what happens is, you know, we're used to going into a restaurant and getting a big plate of food and saying, wow, this is great. But at that point, it becomes a turnoff. It actually becomes something that is probably going to take away that person's appetite. So that being said, there's a huge consideration on portion size. Now, when we consider portion size, though, we also have to consider daily nutrition. 
And we have to consider, does somebody getting enough fiber in their diet? Because as we age, we require more fiber. So we need to understand, and that's part of what the Care Kitchen Cookbook does. The Care Kitchen Cookbook is not just a list of recipes. It is, it is information about ingredients, nutrition, certain highlighted ingredients that have particular uh, healthful effects. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of information in there to, to learn and to understand. And then, you know, we support that with our weekly show that we do on Facebook. I do a show. 1 p.m. Eastern on the Comfort Care Facebook page uh, every Thursday. And that supports the recipes of the book and then takes some of those ideas we get into, you know, thinking considerations on budgeting. You know, how much does it cost to prepare a recipe? What about waste? How do we handle the leftovers? You know, how can we minimize our waste? You know, how can we make sure that our clients are getting that nutrition? And, you know, it's staggering. I just, I just uh, recently was, uh, and I wrote an article about it on LinkedIn, that fifty uh, percent of people over the age of sixty-five in in this country in America are malnourished. Now that is staggering, but that is because they don't know, they don't have the education, and they don't, and the people who are caring for them in many cases don't really know. They don't know what to give them, and they don't know how to cook. I've heard amazing things that today, look, and it's very easy to get through life today without knowing how to cook. There's food everywhere you go. You know, you can, you know there's, it's everywhere, and it's prepared, and a lot of the prepared stuff is very good. So, you know, you can get through life, especially if you're busy, you're running around, you go to the fast food you know, that kind of thing. And so you don't really have to know how to cook. So that that is a, a big issue. So a lot of our caregivers need to learn how to cook. And the reality is they want to know how to cook. I mean, the idea of it is very nice, you know, cooking and, 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 and engaging and you know, looking at the ingredients, for me, it's a total fascination. I mean, the first time I saw an avocado, I was amazed. But that, you know, I'm, I'm you know, so, but, but, you know, not everybody has that same interest, but the interest in making something that for the person that we're caring for, that they are going to really love and is going to brighten their day. Because look, let's face it, People get to a certain point in their lives, the joy of life are the little things. Wake up in the morning, maybe have that nice cup of coffee or tea or whatever you like. You sip it. It's just a wonderful thing. Somebody makes you a nice breakfast. You know, that is something to look forward to. That's something to get up. You look outside, the sun is shining, you know, and you see some nature you have to enjoy that. Maybe you can go out a front porch and sit there, have a little conversation with your caregiver. You know, uh, there, and there's always common ground when it comes to food and cooking. And we could always, you know, we could always start a conversation 
around food. So it becomes a simple engagement technique. And that is really what I think is the big takeaway here. It isn't the cooking. That's not the thing. The cooking is the springboard for the engagement, for that connection. And that connection makes people feel safe. And when they feel, feel safe, they can feel better. It's proven that if somebody feels emotionally safe, that they're going to feel better. This is wellness. This is wellness in its truest form. You know, wellness is a word that's tossed around today. But true wellness is creating an environment like that with whatever it is, you know, that you're doing something you feel good about, you know, and, and, and really helping someone. Steve, can you please share resources aging services professionals can access when providing education to their team members or directly with patients or clients? Sure. You know, um, the, the, the government website, MyPlate, is very good. And we use the, the MyPlate kind of uh, structure in terms of speaking of nutrition in the Care Kitchen Cookbook. And the link is in the Care Kitchen Cookbook for uh for uh, that my plate and it's uh, it's very easy to understand there there are also all sorts of resources on various kinds of food at any of the uh at, at any of the aging services kind of uh websites that the government puts out that you, you can almost put in any ingredient at all and it's going to tell you about nutritionally and, and everything. So there's all kinds of stuff. And I and I, I also say, you know, that in terms of a resource, please, you know, tune in to the, uh, the Care Kitchen uh, Cooking with Kindness program at 1 p.m. Eastern because I had, uh, we did the program and uh, the, the last program we did, um, we're, we're getting more and more comments of people asking questions about some of the recipes or sharing some things about that. So that's a great place for people to tell their, you know, any, any uh, of, our, of our referral partners, let your staff know, let your caregivers know. This is a great resource. Now we also have, and all of these episodes are captured on the Comfort Care YouTube channel. So once we do the live show on Facebook on Thursdays at 1 p.m., that show gets uploaded to the Comfort Care YouTube Care Kitchen playlist uh, on the Comfort Care YouTube channel. So all the episodes are there, and they're all uh, described what they are. So, for instance, last episode we were doing some we were doing some classic recipes of the '50s and '60s, and we made a sloppy Joe sandwich. So you know, so that recipe is there, and the demonstration of it. So you know, it's it's really across the board. We cover all areas of food. And what, what I like to do is try to make it as much fun and reminiscent as it can be. So that's an example of using a food and an idea for remnant, for reminiscence. I mean, I remember when I was a kid in school, when they had a sloppy Joe sandwich at the cafeteria, I loved it. You know, I mean, it was, I couldn't wait to get my sloppy Joe. So that, so if my caregiver is making a sloppy Joe sandwich for me, for instance, I'm going to remember that. 
And if she knows a little bit about me, and she says, and she says, I heard you like these when you were a kid. That's all you need to start a wonderful conversation and a fun time to brighten that person's day, bring them back to a time when they had, when they really had some joy, and let them through the process of the conversation, the eating, the preparation, have that wonderful experience of just feeling centered, safe and home. As our episode nears the end, please share your closing thoughts for aging services professionals. I would say the most important thing that you can do when you're working with older people is to understand that, especially if you're managing younger people who are working with older people, you need to understand that they don't know what the experience is like for them. So you need to be able to share that. You need to be able to give them understanding. So how do you do that? That's where you need to have resources and some of the education that you do. Obviously, there's lots of clinical education that's required in services that focus on techniques, clinical techniques or different things they have to do, like transfer someone out of a chair or, you know, uh, things of that nature, uh, how, how to handle someone, but that's part and certainly a very important core of, of training and education, but it's the emotional side, it's the sensitivity side, it's the empathy side that needs really development, which is probably, in my mind, more important than the other, but certainly just as important where we really consider that emotional life of that person. Because at the end of the day, in order for someone to feel good, especially if they're in pain, they're dealing with a disease or a condition, if they can feel a little bit of joy, then it is going to ameliorate that pain. It's been proven. There are studies, you know, there are studies that show these things. I mean, any more... There are so many studies showing these things. I feel like whatever I say, it is supported by a study because it has been done, you know. And um, you know, and and certainly, we know more and more that the uh, the activities of daily living, the little things that we do every day, you know, we think of activities of daily living. You think of a I brush my teeth, I wash my hands, I use the bathroom, I take a shower, and everything. But activities of daily living go way beyond that because especially when it comes to food and eating, you know, how can we create more joy? And that's what Care Kitchen is all about. Kindness is the important ingredient. Being there, looking at that person's eyes. This is what we need to, as managers, train our caregivers train our staff to be sensitive to that, to understand that every tiny interaction when someone is older, especially dealing with uh, something like dementia, which many people are, it's a huge percentage, which we know, um, that they're picking up every little thing you do. The radar is on and that is the biggest thing to me. The biggest takeaway is your approach. How do you approach person? 
How do you train your caregivers to approach them? How do you, how do you interact? And how do you interact with your caregivers to set an example so that they understand what's expected of them? Every little interaction, that's the takeaway. Be aware, have that radar going. You know, what am I, what am I communicating? What am I putting out there? I'm saying things with my words, but I'm saying a lot more with my approach and my presence. Thank you, Steve, for sharing your insights with our listeners today and providing aging services professionals with tools and resources to provide the best care possible for older adults. Listeners, visit comfortconnections.com to download complimentary resources, view our show notes, and access the episodes. You can also subscribe to our podcast on your favorite app. Thank you for listening and helping older adults live the best life possible.